Dad Drinking is brought to you by Side Project Jerky. Check out their two new flavors, Cowboy and Peppercorn Pork Shreds. Order now at SideProjectJerky.com. Alright, welcome back to Dad Drinking. Sorry about the delay, guys. It's been a while since we last met. Shit, it's al- it's almost been two months, huh? Yeah, I mean, so, mu- so much for that weekly podcast. <laughs> I think people understand there was Christmas, there were new- there was New Year's, there was the Eagles run up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and this is actually one week before the Super Bowl. Go so, birds! So, so yeah, so we're getting it in. We're getting there. We're we're doing what we need yeah. to do. We had an, an intervening uh, trade show in Las Vegas that we That's both true. attended, independent of each other, independent of each other. And it's been a long time. But um, I'm Jim. I'm Marcos. And we've been dads since 09. Long fucking time. <laughs> How you doing, Jim? I'm doing well, Marcos. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me back in the recording studio here with you. Of course. It's always a pleasure. It's been great. So um, I don't think all was, for, all was lost, I guess, in the time off because uh, one of the things I got for Christmas, since Christmas has happened, since we did this last episode eight, was, no um, was I got a couple books. Yeah, um, a couple books about alcohol from from the goat. Okay, and uh, so I've been reading up on my spirits, learning more about the history. So I'm gonna really drop some interesting tidbits on you. Drop some knowledge. Jim. I will. I'm going to. I can't wait. Yes. I can't wait for this knowledge to drop. I mean, I've been reading about alcohol. What have you been doing? Since? I've been drinking alcohol awesome. like awesome. a bunch. Well, <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much. I I almost missed Christmas. Well, I think p- part almost. part of the reason you were. Part of the reason you were drinking so much was probably about the mixed reviews we got on episode eight. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, I mean, but it was like the longtime dad drinking fans thought that like we kind of didn't follow the script <laughs> on episode eight. But then like the newer ones were kind of like I don't know, it was pretty cool. Like it was okay, right? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think they were pissed that they camped out for it? I think I, they, I got a couple. A couple people were like, okay, this is exactly what I needed with episode eight. <laughs> And then a lot of people were like, what the fuck? Like, to the point where there's there's one guy who I'm internet friends with. We're social media friends. Yeah. Great friends, actually. Probably, like, if this guy needed a kidney, I, I might even give it to him. Wow. Probably not, because I'm selfish. But he's he was just going on and on about people on Facebook getting just... Upset about episode eight. Way upset about episode eight. I don't, I don't know what the deal was, but so so you can actually find our page on Facebook. I think right. Dad yes. drinking is on yep. Facebook. We're Face, also at facebook.com dad drinking. Yeah, and at dad drinking at Instagram and Twitter. Correct. You can correct. also find us at daddrinking.com. Correct. Where you can find not only copies of the episode or, or streams of the episode, but an ability to subscribe as Please well subscribe. as well as um, recipes. Funny little jokes, pictures, all kinds of multimedia uh, for your pleasure. Yeah. You can also subscribe to this podcast at um, Apple Podcasts. And, and Google Play. That's right. Please, please subscribe. It, it makes me feel really it, – it's, it's just a It makes big, you feel special. Well, it's, it, it helps the self-esteem. Yeah? Yeah, when I look in the mirror and think, hey, someone subscribed today, I, I, get, I get happy. And, and when I don't see anybody subscribe, I get sad. <laughs> So, um, and leave feedback for us too. You know, last time we we decided to start a revolutionary new thing called a mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we received a couple of comments. One was they wanted us to to have more dad moments that we would talk about. I think we talk about 
Marcus's dad pretty much every episode. Yeah, it's 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 in between bitterness and understanding. The older I get, I I I, I feel <laughs> the cheapness and the the just that frustration of of being a father, which yeah. is it's great. It's it's a magical magical time in my life. But what the fuck? It's so hard sometimes. It's so so hard. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Jim, tell me about the best thing you drank since we last met. Okay, we mentioned that we were in a trade show in Las Vegas. And the Vegas. At that trade show. Um, partly because I was reading a book by Jason Wilson called Booze Hound. I um, was interested to try Geneva. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's like the original version of gin. The base spirit that gin is based off of. So, I, did you tell me or did someone else tell me that it's like the oldest spirit or one of the I think it's spirits. one of the oldest spirits. I don't know if I told you that, but it, that's definitely in the books that yeah. I've been reading. Okay. Um, and I was just curious to try it because they said it was like the the gin you're used to, like the, the very fragrant, botanical, smelly um, gin, but it had a more of a musky and uh, peatier flavor to it. Ooh. Um, I like peat, right? I do. I, do. I like musk. <laughs> I like all kinds of musk. Uh, but the <clears throat> so Javan Musk. So I went to a place called Rosina in the Venetian, yeah. or it might have been the Palazzo part of the Venetian, where we were staying. And um, Rosina is like a, a proper cocktail bar; it bills itself as. And so they have a lot of a lot of different things. They didn't have it on the menu, but I asked the bartender to make me a, um, a Geneva Gimlet. Do they make their own tinctures at this? I, I think they might make their own yeah. bitters and their own... Uh, do they have the little pitcher that they stir and the long oh, stirrer? They definitely do. The big ice cubes. They definitely do. And shit. you know, I'm happy to say that for our future mixing needs, I actually have a large uh, mixing glass. Oh, that's beautiful. With the long stirrers. Yeah, there's a little... Uh, there's a, a lot of gifts had alcohol this year. That's, that's alcohol awesome. Association, which is good. But that the Geneva Gimlet was really good because you had the fresh lime juice, oh, right? Yeah. With a, with a nice small lime wheel in it. Okay. But it had, it had a... Um, wheel it was, of lime. It was served in one of those really... And you know how... Wheel <laughs> of lime! Yes, yes, yes. The... Uh, <clears throat> Small one, but it was a, it was served not in your typical martini cocktail glass, but one of those old timey coupe um, glasses, okay. which I, was very nice. I so, really enjoyed that. So your aversion to tulip glasses yeah. is my aversion to coupes. You don't like coupes? I just don't like the fact that you're not getting a whole lot of cocktails. You don't. You want a bucket? I. <laughs> Like, yes. I don't know. I think I think I want I want the diver from Silky O'Sullivan's <laughs> in Memphis. No, no. I just I, I feel like the coops just it's it's not enough for me. So so they but they are cute again They're, in the literature I've been perusing. Yes. Um. Apparently, people have gotten away from this in the last decade or so. But most cocktail recipes, if you look at it, should have about three to four ounces of liquor in them. Yeah. And that's perfect for a coop. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, we, Fair. You, especially if it's neat, you know. If it's, I'm not gonna fight you on this. I know. Anyway, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The, but the drink was excellent because it had like the the brightness from the lime juice and the acidity. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. It had great great smell to it. Very clean. But the Geneva was a little bit more. It it, it had the botanicals, but it had also had something else lingering there. Like okay. Hidden, yeah. Hidden. I didn't. Know, I don't know how to quite how to explain it, but it was really interesting. I had two just to make sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously you gotta, gotta just, make sure you're testing it out. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that, that it wasn't just a, a fluke. It was yeah. really good. That was very delicious. I also made uh, with 
some Monte Lobos Moscow Hoven, which is the uh, the brand that we talked about the last time. Yeah. Um, I, I received some of that as a gift, and I used um, I made a similar gimlet style drink, but instead I also accompanied it with a little lillet. Uh, or Lilit, as I like to say, okay. uh, the aperitif sweet wine. Um, that combination was so good that, um, and I made it for the goat. She thinks that I should give it a name. I'm like, I'm sure it has a name. I, I don't know what the name is. Uh, you should you should give it a name that's like a full sentence. But it was so good. I mean, it had the peppery backbone of the mezcal, but then the uh, the sweetness of the Lillet. Um, and then the acidity was a perfect balance to it. Again, served it in a small little, little uh, tumbler. Okay. Very tasty. Okay. That that does sound really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would drink the shit out of that. I'd have to make it for you sometime. Yeah, I'll come over. All right. So. What about you? You did a lot of drinking, but was anything uh, yeah, I did noteworthy? A bunch of drinking. I was I was fortunate to get my hands on a bottle of Founders CBS, the Canadian breakfast stout. Oh, that's right. I thought it was Canadian um, bacon stout. <laughs> Well, do you like if, if it's Canadian bacon stout, then the KBS is Kevin Bacon stout. But <laughs> you, it's actually Kentucky. Do you prefer so? Do you prefer Canadian bacon or pork roll? Uh, or, pork roll yeah. all day long. Yeah, it's yeah. much better. Yeah, and you and, like the saltier. And above that, spam. Really? Oh yeah. Where does Scrapple fit in the rankings? I'm not a huge Scrapple oh, guy. No. So so here's no. here's the thing. No, listen, listen. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. My. How long have you lived here? Real My quick? main issue with Scrapple is the fact that there's too much filler in it. Okay, so. But what brand do you get? So is meaty and 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 spicy and 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 all of those tastes there. Like it's, to me, it tastes like sawdust mm-hmm. if it's not prepared properly. Okay. So that it's I I think it's it's primarily a textural thing, okay. and and the fact that I know I'm not getting a whole lot yeah. of meat. I'm, well, I mean, it's not really meat. It's like eyeballs and right, which, ear flaps. Look, I, and, I love eyeballs yeah. and ear flaps. Yeah. I, 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 listen, I live for eyeballs <laughs> and ear flaps. I do. That was but, your nickname in high school? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, what was my nickname in high school? No, I mean, so, so I get the Haverset, and, I, and I, it's the, there's two tricks to it. You get to cook it extremely slowly, right? Okay. You have to cook it very low. That's interesting because I've heard that you you just burn the shit no, out of it. You can you get the get same like crisp on the outside if you cook it very slowly, and it doesn't turn into a pile of mush. You also have to cut it the right thickness, and okay. it has to be the right brand. The brand is Haverset. It has okay. to be Haverset. Okay. So so the only time that I actually liked Scrapple was was in a Scrapple cheesesteak that I had from Jose Pistolas. That sounds awesome. Now we talk about Pistolas often on the podcast but sure. it's just because that place is so awesome <laughs> it's, it's, it's just really good but that was that was a tasty piece of scrapple scrapple and cheesesteak and i think because the meatiness yeah the meatiness came from the cheesesteak so yeah just to, to me it tastes like, it's like a bad crab cake when you get a bad crab cake that's just totally like agree. all filler yeah and, and and all the other shit how so so yeah so so scrapple would be at the bottom of my breakfast meat rankings. Okay, there's a there's a local brewery that does a scrapple stout in the winter time, as well. Oh yeah, shit! It was flying fish, right? That's who it is. Yeah. Did you have it? I yeah. never had it. I've had it. How how is it? Do you taste the scrapple? Uh, no, I mean, you taste the spices. Okay. Um, I, I'm not I'm not really into the overpowering the stouts. Okay. But okay. 
I do like the flying fish oyster stout very much. That's a good, the Bayshore oyster yeah. stout. That shit is awesome. It's really good. Yeah. I think it's like exit three or something like that. I that is, I think you're right. I think yeah. that could be three. So try that one out sometime. Um, I don't know if they make it my, anymore. I think my favorite of the flying fish exit series was the exit 13, which was a chocolate stout. Really? And it, it was. Is that for like Hohokus, New Jersey or something? I don't you know. <laughs> Ho dash, ho dash. It's the only double hyphenated town in America. Yeah, you know that? that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I totally stole your best drink that you had. So you had no, the CBS. No, but this is great because I love to talk about local beers. Mm-hmm. And I also like to shit on Scrapple. So it's totally, <laughs> we're totally fine. We're I walked totally, into that. I didn't. I thought yeah. you were going to coronate it like I would. No, no, I, I, I just can't. There's too much filler. Speaking of filler, though, speaking of filler, the best drink I had was also in Las Vegas, and it was a penicillin cocktail. Cool. Which I think it's, shit, I, I think it's bourbon and ginger and honey and some other shit. You might, we might want to look it up just so we can get, get the context here. And then they do a spray of Isla. Right or a, or a, oh, really? an Isla whiskey. I think it was a Laphroaig spray, if I'm not mistaken. And it was great. I I love actually. What's what's interesting is I love ginger in a cocktail. Really? Yeah, I, and I think just ginger in general is just it's how such was a it? Like what what, what? how do they present it in the cocktail? Well, it's you know served in a a low ball glass or I guess a rock. Was glass. it a, a ginger garnish? I mean, or was it? Muddled uh, in, or? It, well, so there was it was uh, candied ginger, okay, and then there was ginger. I think muddled in. I think, don't quote me on it, or or do, and then shit on me when I'm totally wrong. <laughs> but my main issue, again, speaking of filler, was the big ass ice cube. So so these cocktail <laughs> bars, like one of those big. Uh... It wasn't a, but it wasn't even the sphere. It oh, was, it was just a big block. No, it was a, it was a block of fucking ice and. Did they make ice. a big it was, deal? It was ice. Did they make a big deal with the tongs? Did they pull out a special pair of, of tongs to pull it out of the, the uh, freezer. No, well, because because Vegas, like the, the, the service. <laughs> what I realized, and this is the, my second time in Vegas, and I don't know, ten plus years, not really a Vegas guy. But the servers there, the service just in general, they don't give a fuck about you. They they kind of hate you. <laughs> and and really, I think that they are, they're doing this shit so often that it's just kind of almost like getting up and brushing your teeth yeah. every day. It it's it is, it, it there was just this whole thing like they're like, hey, okay, that's great, and then it's like give me eighteen dollars for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. So you're lucky was, if it only costs eighteen dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no presentation with. The with the ice cube, but okay. but, the, but the big ice cube, because it's this you know square peg, round hole, right? Speaking of the ice in the glass, and then you're you're drinking this cocktail, and it's like this it's like weighing on your lips and like numbing <laughs> your nose and your nose hairs, and it's 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 like when you're like if you're like like the guy that freezes a, a plastic bottle of Poland spring and then like can drink it all day and like have like a couple of drips and drips of that's water that's a dad moment so my, my dad moment is <laughs> this is for you listener dean my dad insists that the best way to go to the beach 
is to pack a bag full of frozen bottles of water so that as you sit on the beach, you get maybe one drop of liquid. You, you may be thirsty. You may be dying and dehydrated. And you have, you're just dependent on how much those bottles have melted um, in, I can't in the 30 minutes I, that you've I been cannot, sitting there. I just – <laughs> and that's that's the the big that's what the big ice cube does is oh your drink stays cold the whole time it's like i'm gonna drink this drink in two gulps because it's delicious and i and then i'll order another right and, and i'll definitely order another because i feel like i'm getting fucking cheated because most of, of the ice. glass is a big fucking block of ice yeah but it was a good cocktail that's good. It was, it was, it was pretty tasty. I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. So, so we are drinking an interesting drink today. Yes. Okay. I think this may end up being the best thing you've had since the last time we this this spoke. Is, this this is hands down probably the best thing I've drank in a in, in months. That's it, great. It's 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 really good. So, so Jim, what are we drinking? We well, we're drinking a drink called the Viceroy. And this is a drink that I found in a book that the goat gave me called Booze Hound. I mentioned this earlier by Jason Wilson. I'm sorry, can I just interrupt one second? Sure. Right now, I've got little tiny cubes of ice, but they've all clumped together. And I just took a sip of my drink, and I'm pissed off (laughs) because I can't get a good sip. And that's what happened with this. I got to stop. It's Poseidon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, getting, someone some ice god is after you i'm getting way too upset about ice <laughs> sorry so, so so this book booze hand yes um there's a whole chapter um about the terror terror i don't know how to say this word terroir of, terroir of pisco okay and pisco is a liquor a base spirit that's near and dear to my heart because it's from chile although most people say it's from peru um i lived in santiago for almost two years and so I, I've wanted to do a drink, a Pisco-based drink, um, on this show since we started. Yeah, and you, nobody wants to do a Pisco sour. And no one wants to do the national Chilean drink, which is called Piscola, which is literally just, it's like a man's treat. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, uh, it's, it's like a treat for an hombre, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's just basically it's a Coca-Cola. dulce de hombre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it's basically just Coke and Coke, regular Coke and Pisco, right? Yeah. That's boring. Well, Jason's book had a recipe from Dugan McDonald of Cantina in San Francisco. I don't know if du- Dugan or Duggan is still there, but this recipe was rad. It's the Viceroy. It calls for um, an ounce and a half of Pisco, an ounce of Lille Blanc, okay, half an ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, which Marcos made for us tonight. It's real easy, guys. One and a half ounces of... Nice tonic water, um, not Schweppes, like but nice you, stuff. But you can do regular tonic if, if you, if, you know. You can. I think, but I think that as we're going to discuss, the sophistication of this drink, I think, it's, calls for a little bit better than basic ass this, tonic water. This, this cocktail was quite, yeah. quite sophisticated. And then you add a little mint sprig for garnish. Yeah. Um, it's very easy. You just fill a highball glass with ice, add the various ingredients, top with the tonic water last, and then stir it very gently garnish it and you're ready to go yeah now when you have pisco uh, and marcos had not really ever had pisco outside of a pisco sour before yeah so i asked him to try before we tried the viceroy so he could get a good comparison i asked him to try a sip of a sip of pisco um 
and he ended up shooting an ounce. <laughs> but how did it how did it taste to you? What was your what was the uh, initial impression of the pisco? And and just so we, I can be clear, we're yeah. using a, a Peruvian pisco, which um, is a higher proof than Chilean pisco. Chilean pisco, because of the national um, tradition and taste, they like it around thirty five percent alcohol, so they distill it and then dilute it a little. Pisco in Peru is required by law to be distilled and then brought right into uh, whatever container it will be held in before it gets bottled. So this is pure. Um, it's from the Mosto Verde Italia grape, right? Which is Mosto means like kind of musty. Yeah. Um, but it's very good. Forty-one percent alcohol, eighty-two proof. So I, I didn't I didn't see the label prior to shooting the pisco, <laughs> but. Um, I, I knew it was Pisco. I, I think the last time I had a Pisco sour was years ago, a good number of years ago. But it's, on its own, it's it's very, very reminiscent of grappa. Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually, and I thought that was a really interesting, you have a great palate. Thank you. My friend, because... Thank you very much. Um, the Spaniards in early 17th century, when they came to... The Viceroyalty of Peru, which is where Chile and Peru were located at the time, they um, wanted to replace, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's called Orujo. Um, it's the pomace brandy, like grappa, that they used to drink in Spain. And they couldn't find it in Chile, so they started drinking this drink, Pisco, which had, which is ancient. It's very old. Um, the, native, the natives, the uh, indigenous tribes, were drinking it in Chile at the time, right? So... Pomace is just skins, stems, seeds. That's whatever's left over like after all this the press. Shit, which yeah. is exactly what crop it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, but then you, then I shot it. Shot it. <laughs> I shot it because I'm from we Boston. Don't, were you in Southie? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I shot it because I was living in Boston. No, seriously, though. The the finish was was socks. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I actually flipped the bottle around and it says Mosto. And I was like, oh, well, that makes fucking sense. Yeah. But. It had a dirty mouthfeel. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not really the best on its own. So I can, no. I can understand why. Especially neat, especially warm. I mean, Piscola yeah. or Pisco Sours. So. And then, I, yeah. But then, then transformed, what was your thought about the Viceroy once you tried that? Well, the Viceroy was amazing. The, the Viceroy with the the Pisco as the, the base spirit mm-hmm. and then the Lillet. So also have not had a whole lot of Lillet in, in my travels. It's just because it's, it's never occurred to me to order a Lillet cocktail or... See, I, I like it. I think it's one of the best sidekicks um, for, for drinks. I use it in martinis, yeah, actually, well, well, along with the vermouth. So, it's really so, good. So interestingly enough, with with this viceroy, because it also calls for simple simple syrup, I tried the Lillet on on its own as well. Just to, again, kind of just see what what we were working with here, and it it's very sugary, syrupy type of deal. But it's got that whiny sort. It has of, a citrusy sense to it as well. Is it is it mus, muscadet? That is that the dessert wine. Moscato. Moscato. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it's kind of got that, but even a little more fruity, viscous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, 
I mean, this this was easily the I, I think this this might easily be the best thing we've had on dad drinking. Really? IMO. Okay. You know, in, in my opinion. In my opinion. This was so great. It just it, there was something about it that just tasted very sophisticated, but it also just lacked every you know bit of pretense you know it's it's it, it, quote unquote a fancy drink but it just i don't know i i, I just i felt pretty casual you know throwing yeah. it back yeah the interesting thing is you can throw it back right but you can also sip it and you can taste the various layers as you let it as you let the the taste travel over your tongue true you Very can true. you can really feel the different things like up front you get you get the first of all you get the garnish of the mint sprig in your nose and you get kind of the lillet. I feel like you get the lillet um, first, the citrusy. But yeah. then you feel like the 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 strength of the pisco because it's a little bit more alcohol forward, right? Yeah. And then at the very end, kind of circling around the sides of your tongue, you can taste the tonic and the back end of the pisco, which is a little bit more musky and a little more dirty. But but it's balanced out because you've got that sweet. You have, the it sugar is, is always very, on top of it. Very yeah. well balanced, and and yeah. I think that that sweetness that carries through is just a, a real delight. So cheers to Dugan McDonald. Yeah, seriously. Bad. Nice work, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> nice, nice. This is this is this probably is... the best drink we've had on Dad yeah. drinking. Yeah. Through episode nine now. Yeah. <laughs> putting putting the controversial episode eight behind us. <laughs> yes. And moving forward to episode nine. Um. We talked a little bit about this. So this is another one of those drinks where we're taking like kind of an ancient, um, something not ancient, but literally, but something that's very old that people have drank, have have imbibed for a long time. With the pisco, yes. Yeah, the pisco itself, and um, the the interesting thing, one of the very interesting things about the history of of pisco is um, is that it was. Um, very big in the gold rush in the United States in the, in the mid-19th century for whatever reason. The reason being, <laughs> not for whatever reason, there's actually a reason for this. The reason is there's a lot of mines in South America and the vice royalty of Peru, for example, the Spaniards just mined silver like crazy there. Yeah, dude, I, re- I took a Latin American history class in college. Yeah. That's like, And that whole thing, what was it, Potosi? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yes. They just raped the land yes they they extracted so many precious metals but they were very the people that lived in that vice royalty which i guess at the time was no longer a vice royalty was actually uh i think the country of peru um they were really good miners they had come up as miners not by choice i don't think but like ultimately they had some skills that they had developed and um their grandparents developed and they passed them on down to them um and People from South America came up to the gold rush on the West Coast in California and helped the, uh, you know, 49ers yeah. um, try and figure out methodologies to extract precious metals from the ground. Find the mother load. Yeah, but they brought Pisco with them. Yeah. Um, and Pisco became the rage in mid-19th century San Francisco. Interesting. According to David Wondrich's book, Imbibe, which is apparently a... Uh, a liquor fan's Bible. Okay. Um, the goat also got it's me that the for four, It's the foremost authoritatively. <laughs> it is cited quite a bit. Like, yeah. Uh, pretty much all the books I've read um, since we've last spoken. Um, talk about it. Talk about it. Bye. So Pisco and opium. 
in San Francisco or just mostly Peace Guy? I, well, so they didn't really get into the op- opium. Well, it's called Imbibe. It's not called Do Opium, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is about... Uh, well, wasn't that a thing, though, too? Like, I think so. It's like opium. Like, let's I, do opium. People didn't know what, what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course not. I mean, they were just like... So anyways, back to Pisco. But in, yeah, so in the mid-19th century, Pisco was a big deal in San Francisco to the point where they had um, bars where they served, every bar served Pisco, and two served nothing but Pisco. Uh, wow. Yeah, and there was one bar in particular that made a Pisco punch. That's like, it's like when you go to the, the beer, the breweries, and like, no, we're, we're, we're only going to fill growlers with our name on them, which yeah. might be a, a legal thing. Huh. Is that really a thing? Iron Hill won't fill like a Chester Hill Brewing Company. Yeah, one? yeah, really? no, yeah. It's That's bullshit. just them. They just don't want to. Yeah. I don't think it's a legal thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty solid on that. Yeah. Um, but well, you are a lawyer. <laughs> the Pisco Punch um, was really interesting. It's called Mrs. Sykes Pisco Punch, and it was served at a bar there that was pretty famous called the. Oh, I'm gonna miss it. The the bank Essex, I think. Hmm. Um, that sounds that sounds very early 2010s for for a bar name right? as well. So, yeah. Well, yeah. so yeah, we had the whole what goes around comes around yeah. type movement where they were doing pre-prohibition drinks and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, cl- classic cof- cocktails. So apparently, this Mrs. Sykes punch tasted like lemonade, but would make quote a gnat want to fight an elephant. Which wow. I found, yeah, pretty crazy. So it packed a punch, and that was because the Pisco was probably 88 proof. Yeah. You know? Um, overproof the, Pisco the, was the, the base of it. real deal yeah. Pisco. Um, but but this, this punch apparently was made, it involves um, marinating, marinating pineapple chunks in, um, in uh, gum syrup overnight, along with other herbs and okay. special spices. Okay. Um, but no one really knows the exact recipe because the guy who ended up taking over the bar and had custody of the uh, recipe, his name was, um, I think, Duncan Nickel. Yeah, Duncan Nickel. He was a, a Scotsman yeah. um, who owned this bar. That's but instead of sharing, he used to go into the basement and like prepare the punch mix behind lock and key and then bring it up and then put the Pisco in. Um, so no one knew actually what was in the recipe except for him. And he died in 1926 and... Um, the recipe died. I guess prohibition happened in or a couple years earlier, in seven or eight years earlier than that, and um, the recipe died with him. So no one really knows. However, famous man named A.J. Liebling from okay. from the New Yorker. We like to talk about the New Yorker on this podcast. Obviously, because we're so intellectual, very sophisticated, bro. Straight sophisticated. <laughs> he he, um, he he was recounting the 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 legendary punch of this punch pun intended man. <laughs> um and that the police only allowed one drink per person every 24 hours except mrs psych would let you do whatever you wanted okay and so that's why it became so popular of a hangout oh. so apparently um this story was told and you can't make this stuff up aj lee wing's buddy um was one of the other people telling the story about mrs psych's punch uh, as recounted in imbibe and his buddy was named james mcdonald but he had an alias and his alias was Colonel John R. Stingo. <laughs> I don't know. I just had to say the story because where do you, where do you this this drink is almost like a drink that has an alias, right? Because if you taste all the components separately, yeah. 
you're like, that's just old James McDonald, man. Like that's yeah. <laughs> who cares? Everyone knows Jimmy, right? <laughs> but then when you combine them all together, and then it, all of a sudden it becomes a colonel. It's Todd Cosgrove. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, Colonel Stingo, aka oh aka so, the Viceroy. Yeah, I mean he should have been Viceroy Stingo. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I mean, Pisco Punch is a different drink, right? But still, yeah, the but... Pisco is 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 a drink that does well with an alias yeah. because on its own, you have to mask it, right? Yeah, on its yeah. own, it's dirt. It's yeah. gross, and I I say that I say that lovingly because when I lived in Chile, I lived in Chile for two years, very <laughs> formative years of my life, and everywhere you go in Chile, every single family has a bottle of Pisco on top of their fridge. Yeah, okay, what's, what's what's the statistic you you spat oh, out? Yeah, I was earlier. telling you earlier. Yeah, so. Um, everyone talks about Peru being the originator of Pisco. That may be true or may not be true. That's not what my Chilean friends have said. However, I can tell you for sure that the Chileans are taking the mantle of people most enthusiastic about Pisco and running with it and just lapping the field because (laughs) Chileans in 2015, I think I saw a stat, drank 30 million liters of Pisco. There's only 17.5 million people in the country, and I presume like half of them are kids. So you're talking about like nine million people drinking at least three liters three, of pisco three liters per year. Per person. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and compare that with Peru, which has 35 and a half million people, and they only come in around nine million liters consumed per year. In fact, the biggest exporter, they export the most pisco from Peru to Chile. <laughs> Which is hilarious because Chile also, it can't keep up with its own demand. They have tons of producers, but they have to import from guys, Peru. we're out of Pisco again. <laughs> Shit. So, so Pisco to me, you know, drinks drinks are, are, are tied very closely to memory, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. And, and Circumstantial so that's why everyone That's why everyone hates tequila because they all have a tequila story yeah until they come back to it and learn about mezcal or some like really good tequila type when, stuff. You, when you realize that you can sip tequila yeah it's actually not terrible yeah it's excellent you don't have yeah. to like lick salt and suck a lime yeah you know like, it's not bad mix it with really cheap champagne yeah and puke all over Ugh, the floor of nick so clark's gross. house <laughs> poor nick yeah <laughs> fuck nick that guy sucked <laughs> I don't know. Just for everyone listening, I don't know who Nick is, but I yeah. feel bad for him because I'm yeah, sure he's listening. You know listening. what? He's not listening because he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> fucking Nick Clark. Whatever, dog. <laughs> Nick. So much shade thrown at Nick. Yeah, but anyway, so but the, my memory of Pisco was always like, why did I have that last Piscola? Yeah. Why did I have that Fanta and Pisco? Why did I convince, why did I let that farmer in rural Chile convince me that mixing red wine and Pisco is a really good idea? Like, all these things. I, I love I love Pisco. I love Latin America. I love Chile. I, I, it's kind of like a second home to me. But Pisco is not something that I've sought out since I've been back. And I've yeah. been back since 2002. So, um, you know, this, though, has made me happy that now I'll have a, a bottle on my uh, bar. With I'm kind of ticked that it's Peruvian, but, you know, it's, not bad. Dude, it's, it's really, really good. I should say one thing, by the way. The, 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 um, the recipe for the Viceroy called for a blended Pisco, which is an Alcalado, they call it. Um, but we got, a, we got a pure, like, it's a, almost equivalent to like a single malt. It's a single grape um pisco which it kind of changes the flavor of the viceroy a little bit but i'm glad because it made it more earthy and yeah. less sweet and i think it would have been a little bit more sweet with the with the well, uh, between lillet. the lillet and the simple syrup it's 
definitely definitely sweet so what kind of dad drinks the viceroy you know i think it's a dad who feels comfortable operating under an alias right (laughs) i think it's a dad who goes by todd you know it's a dad who he's an imposter yeah imposter dad he doesn't mind being an imposter he kind of like does it as a on a lark as a joke yeah and and all his friends know like oh there goes there goes uh phil um it's not really phil that's really just jim but (laughs) that's phil drinking his uh viceroy you know i think that we used to do this thing in uh law school we used to tell girls at a bar that one of our buddies was the uh, lead guitarist from Three Doors Down. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and it was a harmless joke, but, like, that's kind of like an imposter alias oh, yeah, type of thing. Oh, yeah, no one who Do you know what the, the guitarist from Three Doors Down looks like? No. no. That's, 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 that's the beauty of that so, yeah. situation. So he was a great, it was a great alias. And I feel like that's the kind of drink this is. Like, it's maybe, like, it's not as lame as Three Doors Down. It's really good, and I'm not trying to, like, talk trash about the viceroy whatsoever i loved it but it's definitely something that hides its true self yeah for for the enjoyment of others yeah that's i think that's fair so it's, it's an imposter dad yeah i don't know but I, a fun I, imposter like a harm it's like a white lie imposter yeah i i think this might be the first dad that i like yeah yeah i i think this dad is is i don't know if he's a chill dad he might be a pretty intense dad yeah but I think he's the kind of dad that won't make you take your shoes off <laughs> when you, you know, come into the house. And, yeah. and you offer, too. He's like, yeah, you know, you look around. He's got some cool shit. Yeah. Maybe some nice carpets. And I just like, hey, you want to take my shoes off? He's a dad without, he doesn't have hardwood floors. No, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's like flooring, flooring aside, all flooring aside, <laughs> this dad is very just he, he, he's a dad that like you're just best friends with yeah immediately okay he, and even though you you see him like quarterly or or you may never see him again and, and but but you you come in and he's, he's got all the food and he's got all the shit and so he's a gracious host he's he's a gracious host uh, you know, he might have some some weird art that he he got from a weird locale, but there's no pretense. Right, he's there's not the, rubbing it in your face. He'll answer questions about it for you, or he'll maybe point it out, but he's not going to rub it in your face. Yeah, and like even the way he talks about it, maybe he's just so nice mm-hmm. that that he can get away with being a douche nozzle, <laughs> because he might be a douche. Yeah, but he just really sets you at ease and i feel like the viceroy really sets me at ease even though it might be a douche underneath you know what it's it's fine because because you're enjoying it for those four hours there's not going to be like a follow-up he's not going to be like hey we should get together again right yeah and so there's there's the two hey we should get together again there's the hey we should get together again where the fucking guy's like never like calls you or texts you mm-hmm. and and, or, and then you run into him again like three weeks later hey we should get together again or there's the hey we should get together again where he texts you the next day and he's like hey by the way next quarter you, you, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned a food that you liked would you like to go get that food with me yeah 
Yeah. Like, like uh, fuck, hey, we should get together again. Because yeah. it just... It just sounds very romantic. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's, it's, it's not so much romantic as it, it's... There's this sense of obligation that you, you, you just don't need. Because you've got other shit going on and... I don't know. I mean, it's it's whatever. It, it's fine. It's, it's you seem totally very frustrated. Well, do you want to talk about who ghosted you recently? It's not an issue of getting ghosted. It's it's more of you know just real, recognized, real. Okay. All right. So, so like, it's like you know, this dad is not a bullshitter. All right. So okay, let's cut through the bullshit and let's do some fast casual. Let's questions. do it. All right. True or false? General Cornwallis, the guy who lost the Battle of Yorktown in the Revolutionary War, kind of turned the tide in Americans' favor. He became the Viceroy of Ireland, true. notwithstanding the disgrace. True. Totally true. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Heck yeah, I know this. What modern-day country was once known as the Viceroyalty of New Spain? Guernsey. Incorrect. Mexico. <laughs> I would oh, think you know Mexico. It's fucking Guernsey, dude. <laughs> Have you seen the August 2017 movie viceroy's house no What's starring that about? starring scully and the dad from downton abbey <laughs> you know what i mean that's an scully, all-star right? cast right there <laughs> so that's about um a very uh interesting time in the history of england and india okay okay india was the uh viceroyalty of india controlled by Britain for years and years and years. In 1947, they were turning it back over to the Indians, okay? okay. The Indians were going to have self-rule, independence, etc. Britain was leaving. The viceroy in charge at the time was Lord Montbatten, okay? Lord Montbatten um, had a, a uh, nice little wife named Edwina. Uh, Edwina was a firecracker. They were partly, rumor has it, in India because... She had um, an extramarital affair with an African-born cabaret singer in London. Society—it's crazy. It's just, I mean, this is this is uh, like you know George V exiled them. Mountbatten, I think Prince Philip is related to—that's his uncle or something like that, right? So this is royal family type stuff. They go to India, and the wife takes a liking to. Um, the first, the guy who would ultimately become the first prime minister of independent India. Okay. 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 Yes. I'm, I'm telling you that you'd like this movie. Movie. Okay. Not only because of Gillian Anderson, because she's beautiful and, and lovely. Not only because <laughs> that dude who played the Lord of Downton Abbey is also kind of jovial. Right? Is, is he also beautiful he, and he's, lovely? He's convivial. Okay. Okay. And okay. He, he likes to drink on shows. He does a really good job drinking while acting. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. But... <laughs> The funniest thing about this is that India, a country that was, you know, taken advantage of, some would say raped by the Brits for yeah. years, okay, ends up um, dealing with a situation where the wife of the outgoing vi- viceroy cucks him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it the way Breitbart says it. I mean it in the real sense. Makes a cuckold of the viceroy with the incoming prime minister of India. Dude, Unbelievable. That's they intense. had a torrid sexual relationship. That is that is for ridiculous. Thirteen years, Lord Thir- Mountbatten. Thirteen years. Yes. Jesus. Yes. So oh this God. is the kind of stuff when you have a viceroy, all bets are off the table, man. 
it can be a disgusting, dirty mouth feel base spirit that ends up surprising you. Yeah. It could be a weird Indian British sex scandal. <laughs> it could be a movie that was not very critically acclaimed starring Gillian Anderson and Never Hugh and Hugh, whatever his name is. Movie. Yeah. There's there's also a, a movie from two thousand seven about the same scandal. The Brits love this scandal. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand seven. Hugh Grant. You know that guy. Yeah. Handsome. Yeah. Kate Blanchett, also handsome. Is <laughs> is, is Hugh Grant really handsome? I don't know. Or is it just the accent? I mean, he has good hair. Yeah, but I mean, he has a he has a he has a twinkle hair? in the eye. Girls like the twinkle in the eye. I don't eye. know. He's so squinty. And that's what they like about him. Oh God. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't like Hugh Grant. No. Yeah. Okay. I don't like Hugh Grant. Did you like, like him as Colin the? Did Firth. you like him as the prime minister in uh, Love Actually? I didn't see. I've never seen Love Actually. What? Yeah. No, I I haven't seen that shit. I, you know, I haven't seen Notting Hill. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen that either. Nine weeks or nine I months. I haven't seen that either. I've basically seen Love Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's your only point. I like him in Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant that there was, is funny. What was the one where he, he dances like, down the steps? It's hilarious. What, what, <laughs> it's hilarious. I think it's what, the what Tina Turner too. What about the one too. where he's like a mobster? Oh no! Or, like, Get out of here! Like, the, like uh, marrying into the mob. That's family. unbelievable. Goes, Forget about it. I just like I've never seen that shit. Like, all over and over and over again. Well, I guess okay. So, so last question. Okay, here we go. Last question. What are we drinking next? What do you want to drink next? You know, I um, I you're the you're the, you're the one that is is has become ultra scholarly so there's there's a the cocktails there's a drink that i saw in, in the amy stewart book that i talked about last time the drunken botanist it's a drink that features a pine a liquor based out of off of pine mm. okay i've never had this before you have to special order it i don't know how long it'll take to get here to the state okay. of pennsylvania but i'd like to make that drink next time since we're still going to be it's going to be cold theoretically theoretically we're going to do this in the next couple of weeks yeah Right, we, we, dude, we got it. We got to get. Yeah. I, I'm gonna half promise that we are going to make this more weekly than month and a halfly. Yeah, well, just give us a break. Yeah. Was, we were, we were. The the criticism about episode eight stung. It did. Okay, it stung. That's true. And we had holidays, and we have families. We're dads, right? Yeah. Dads at Christmas time. It's, there's no better time to be a dad. Under, under, but it's also time consuming. Over promise, under deliver. That's us, baby. Hey, until next time, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Dad Drinking, Twitter at Dad Drinking, Facebook.com slash Dad Drinking, and of course, DadDrinking.com. Please subscribe. Check out this recipe and try it, please. It's very good. All right. See you. Until next time.